0: Good day, all. Welcome to another season of Learning Bible Truth Ministries. I am the founder, host, and teacher, your one and only Dr. Kamla Dee, here to teach you Bible truth, to help you grow in faith and learn how to walk in God's amazing grace by teaching Bible truth. Not my truth, Bible truth. Here we read scriptures that contain God's word. Remember to pray and ask God for understanding. Put your learning hats on, get your Bibles, invite family and friends, take notes, and let's learn Bible truth. Good morning, Saints. Today is Sunday. It is January the 22nd of the year, 2023. I am the host, founder, and teacher of Learning Bible Truth Ministries, your one and only Dr. Kamla D. It is extremely early. Yes, by the time you guys hear this message, it will probably be maybe after 9 a.m., but right now it is 6.20, but I know I have a very busy day ahead of me, and I needed to get this message out or it probably would not have happened. We are continuing in the series entitled A Faith That Surpasses All Understanding. We have moved to the New Testament for now. And for those of you who are asking um, how long will this series last? You know what? After studying yesterday... And, uh, Friday, uh, late Friday evening. I don't know because God is, is constantly revealing to me scriptures that he wants me to share. So I really don't know. And one of the reasons why, why we need to linger, uh, about faith is because the just shall live by faith. We are saved by faith. Yes, we are saved by faith. And the only way we can please God is through our faith. So with that said, saints, I don't want to linger any longer. Let's get this truth on the road. Go to Hebrews. We will start this segment off with the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. While you are going there, let me uh share. I am reading from the New King James version. Um for those of you who don't know and are uh, tuning in for the first time, I typically Uh, switch versions depending on which is the closest to the original writings, which is in Hebrew and Greek. And I know we all are not using the same version of the Bible. So you will probably see a differences in words and that's okay because in the end, we will be on the same page. Yes, we will. And for those of you who are still searching for the book of Hebrews, you have the ability to pause the tape. And when you return, we will be on the same page. So with that said, Hebrews 11, I will begin reading at verse 1. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony, By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of the things which are visible. Now, right here, saints, uh, over the years, most people thought that this was giving a definition of faith, but it's really not. When the Bible says now faith is, this verse is not a definition of faith, but it is a description of what faith does for us. When the Bible talks about substance, this means the essence or the reality of of the thing that we have not seen. Faith treats things hoped for like it is a reality. And when it says evidence, this means proof. It is the proof of things are not seen. Faith itself proves that what is unseen is real, such as the believer's rewards at the uh, return of Christ. In a nutshell, faith is simply believing that we have the thing that we are hoping and praying and wishing God for, believing that we have it already. That is what faith is. Now, verse four says, and we are referring to some Old Testament heroes of faith. By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it, he being dead still speaks. Now, right here. The word of God is talking about faith offered his sacrifice to God, which is an excellent sacrifice, a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, because Abel offered his sacrifice to God in faith. Cain did not. Yes, Cain did not. So when the Bible says God testifying of his gifts and through it, he, he being dead still speaks, meaning that we are reading about him right now. Yes, he still speaks as a hero of faith in the Old Testament so that we can see it. His righteous deeds have been recorded in scripture. That is what this is talking about. Verse five, and I will not, if I'm going to read straight through, I'm not going to keep calling out the number of scripture because it causes me to pause. And sometimes I have to stop already to give a commentary So I'm going to read straight through the ones I don't need to give a commentary on because the scriptures are obvious in themselves. Um, Let's pick up at verse five. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. Now, those of you who don't know about Enoch, Enoch walked with God, talked with God. He had an extraordinary faith in God. Now, having a faith in in a supreme being that you can't see. That is the ultimate faith. And he never saw death. God took him. He's one of the few recorded in the history of the Bible that never saw death. God just took him. Now, the book of Enoch, for whatever reasons, the scholars took it out of the Bible. I have the book of Enoch. So the uh, New Testament also speaks about the writings in the book of Enoch. So we know it is confirmed. The book of Enoch is confirmed by our apostles. Um, if we want to be exact Jude, and you may have to forgive me saints. Um, because I am up early (laughs) and, and, uh, I I had to get up and pray. Uh, uh, my brother had surgery. I prayed uh, for his healing and prayed for some other things and, uh, prayed, uh, for myself, uh, things that I am experiencing and, And um, I took time out to pray, which I pray every day and not just once a day. But I did all of that early so that I can get to this lesson. Okay, so um, I just finished reading verse five. Let me read verse six. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. Him meaning God, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, which means that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seeks him. This is so important, saints. Now, the word he that comes to comes, this word is used repeatedly in Hebrews to refer to the privilege of drawing near to God. And, And here the author of Hebrews explains that faith is mandatory for those who approach God and that God is a rewarder. He rewards those, um, not only those who seek him, but also those who do good works in the Holy Spirit's power. God rewards, not punishes. He answers those who diligently seek him. So there is no reason that we should not go to God Without expecting to receive something from him, verse seven says, by faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. Noah, my God, is also recorded as a hero of faith. Because God told him to build an ark and told him to gather uh, one male and one female of every animal and reptile on the earth. And And the ark needed to be big enough to house all of them because a flood was coming. It was going to rain 40 days and 40 nights and God was going to destroy the entire earth through water or by water because... The world and the people that he had created were just evil and God wanted to destroy the world. But imagine Noah hearing a voice, he didn't see God, hearing this voice telling him to build an ark because rain was coming and it was going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights. Imagine that. Imagine the faith that it took, believing what this entity, this supreme being told him to do. That's why. Noah is recorded as a hero of faith. Now, saints, I need you to understand this. And the Holy Spirit asking me to share this right here. No one was ever saved in the Old Testament by keeping the law. Now, of course, the laws uh, was not given through through Noah. Uh, The law uh, that God gave Moses to give to the children of Israel had not been given yet because Moses had not been born yet. But here's the thing. No one, including Moses and Abraham, which we will get to them, uh, were ever saved by keeping the law, or keeping any law. They were all saved, and they were not perfect men. They all sinned against God, but they were all saved by their faith, by believing God. God only wants us just to believe Him, saints. And let me tell you, while we be while we go through this New Testament. About a faith that surpasses all understanding? See, this is just the tip of the iceberg. I'm going to share some serious stuff with you guys. You have to have faith to get God to move in your life. Now, verse 8 says, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Abraham obeyed the voice of the Lord the supreme being, the creator of heaven and earth, the eternal God. He obeyed that voice, didn't even know where he was going. He was going to a foreign land. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob. And if you guys can recall, often I say we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac and Jacob are also, and including Joseph, are also heroes of faith. Verse 9 again, by faith, Abraham dwelt in the land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. Verse 10 says, for he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah, Abraham's wife, herself also received strength to receive or to conceive seed. And for those of you who don't know, Sarah was 90 years old when her and her husband Abraham had sex, and God promised them a son uh, to conceive seed, and she bore a child. Abraham was 100 years old, and Sarah was 90. When she was past the age, because she judged him faithful, who? God faithful, who had promised. Hallelujah. Sarah had faith that surpassed all understanding as well. How can a woman in her 90s believe the voice of an entity she could not see? She or her husband could not see, but they believed him because he had always provided and protected them and spoke to them and guided them and she believed although initially she thought it was funny if you read the story about abraham and sarah uh she thought it was funny she laughed at it 90 years old but god is faithful you see at the end of verse 11 when she was past the age I meaning she was 90 years old because she judged him him who god faithful who had promised it she believed god verse 12 therefore from one man and him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore talking about abraham's seed. that's how abraham became the father of all nations because of his faith in god abraham is the father of faith and he is the father of many nations I'm not sure all, but many nations. That's why at the end it says, "were well, born as many as the stars of the sky. We can't count them in multitude, innumerable as the sand, which is by the seashore. You can't count the sand as many as you can think of was born a sea to Abraham. Verse 13, these all died in faith all of the heroes of faith that I just read about, they all died in faith, not having received the promises. The promises is God sending his son, Jesus, because that's what this is all about, to die for the sins of the world. The promise is faith in the coming of the Messiah. And the Messiah came thousands of years after Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But they believed God and and took God at his word anyway. By having seen them afar off, I'm still in verse 13, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Verse 14 says, for those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. Hallelujah. Other than earth. Verse 15, and truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them, for who the heroes of faith, an opportunity to return. Now, the patriarchs and Sarah, if she's included, did not return to Ur of the Chaldeans, even though they could have if they had wanted to the recipients of Hebrews were to follow the Patriots. That was one of the reasons the writer to the Hebrews was writing about those heroes of faith. They have to follow and believe through faith. And uh, uh, the Patriots was supposed to be an example. um, And, but they refused to return to the religion of their ancestors and a religious system that no longer provided atonement for their sins and now that's recorded in hebrews 8 uh, um, beginning at verse 7 through 13. now the reason why they were talking about uh, not returning to that religion is because that religion involved animal sacrifices for atonements this the letter to the hebrews is saying we already have a sacrifice, a final a final sacrifice is Christ, Christ the Messiah, our Lord. So you no longer need to offer up animal sacrifices because God is no longer accepting them. He's only accepting the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Verse 17, by faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac and he who had received the promises Offered up his only begotten son. Verse 18: Of whom it was said, In Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Let me put a finger right here. The Holy Spirit is telling me to elaborate on, um, through verse 17 and 19, you all know the story about, uh, Abraham, when God told him to bring his son, Isaac, um, scholars believe it was, uh, Calvary where Christ was sacrificed and for him to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And the reason the Bible says Isaac being his only son, because we have to remember Isaac was not Abraham's only son at the time. Abraham had had Ishmael first when Sarah brought uh, Abraham to her, her maidservant, who was an Egyptian, a black woman, uh, for her to conceive because she was impatient, waiting on God. But God still stuck to his promise. He still gave them Isaac. So the reason the Bible says his only begotten son is because Isaac was the son of promise. Ishmael was not. And God told Abraham to bring Isaac to the mountain of the world, to bring him to Calvary. And Abraham trusted and believed God because he thought and already believed that God would raise his son up in the resurrection. Abraham believed on the death, burial and resurrection of the Messiah thousands of years before it happened. See, that's what this is talking about. That's the reason uh, for the letter to the Hebrews. Let me tell you something. Hebrews is the most important letter in this entire Bible. And I'm talking old and new Testament. You, it's, it's very deep and it has to be explained A line upon line and precept upon precept. But this is the ultimate faith when Abraham offered up his son, Isaac, but when he brought him to the altar and getting ready to chop his head off an angel appeared to him and said, stop don't, don't, don't kill your son and directed his attention over in the thickets. That's the word the Bible used, but that's in the bushes where he saw a ram representing the lamb of God. And then it, it appeared to Abraham that vision of God sacrificing his son, his son, Jesus, the Messiah. Yeah. The Christ. So that's what uh, verses 17 through 19 is talking about. So let's pick up at verse 20. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith, talking about deliverance, that they were going to be delivered out of Egypt. By faith, Jacob, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshiped, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph blessed. When he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel, and gave instructions concerning his bones. Now, what is Joseph talking about here? He believed he knew he had believed and received that God would send a deliverer. The deliverer ended up being Moses, and he believed in that so strong his faith was in God's word so strong that he gave them instructions concerning his bones was to move his bones with them when God delivered them to the promised land. That is what that is talking about. Verse 23 says, by faith Moses. See, now we're going into Moses being a hero of faith, believing God. When he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. They knew their child was special and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Hallelujah. 26. Esteeming the, the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. Moses looked to the deliverance. Now, this phrase refers to the earthly um, disgrace Christ received. So uh, Moses would rather suffer persecution rather than experiencing and enjoying the pleasures of sin that was taking place in, in Egypt. So like Christ, Moses chose to suffer. Yeah, he chose to suffer. Uh, rather than, you know, embracing the worldly pleasures of, of, of Pharaoh's court. That's what Moses chose to do. And, um, verse let, let me read. Uh, I don't want to lose myself. See, when I look up away from the scriptures, I have to go back down. I didn't put my finger there. So let me read verse 26 again, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. He wanted to suffer like Christ was going to suffer and he didn't even, this was thousands of years before the Messiah died on that cross. For he looked to the reward. Moses looked ahead toward the reward that was coming. Verse 27, by faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Yes, that is why he had patience. That's why he had endurance. Because he foresaw the sacrifice that God was going to make of his son and that they would be delivered and also raised in a resurrection. Hallelujah. So they were not afraid of death in the Old Testament. Like people all today, just just terrified uh, to die, even though this evil and cruel world is some, we are seeing some of the worst things that I, I could not imagine, but it is Bible prophecy coming to pass. Yes, because in the last days, the love of many will wax cold, and let me tell you the mystery of iniquity is being revealed before our eyes. We are seeing and hearing things. Government is more corrupt now than ever. People are supporting evil, they are voting evil lawbreakers into office into the highest office on the planet. People are willing to support and 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 elect a criminal to be president beyond my comprehension. So I stopped focusing on it and worrying about it. And I have a a, a short series coming up this year um, about government and, and how government is supposed to be set up and that God is not on the side of a corrupt government. I'm telling you that now, verse 28, let's keep moving by faith moses kept the passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them now right here god told moses to sprinkle blood on the doorpost of of every home especially god's people and moses believed god's word and he heeded his warning and, and, and as a result, the firstborn of every Israelite family was saved. You can read about that in Exodus chapter 12, beginning at verse one. You can read about that. Um, the death angel passed over every house that was sprinkled with blood on the doorpost. See, Jesus represents the blood and the door. Remember, Jesus said, I am the door. The blood on the post, on the, on the door of the Israelites represented Christ and Moses believed back then. That's why Moses was saved. Not because he was handpicked by God to be the deliverer of the children of Israel. It's because he believed God. Yes. And Moses wasn't perfect. Verse 29, by faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptian Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. Now you guys remember when uh, Moses held up his staff and 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 through the power of God, the Red Sea divided so that the children of Israel can walk through to the other side. But when the Egyptians tried to come after them, what happened? The sea closed in on them. Yeah, and they all drowned. Verse 30, by fate, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. By fate, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Now, right here, Rahab was not an Israelite. She was not included as a child of Israel, not included as uh, a child of God. But what Rahab did when when Moses sent spies into the land of Canaan to spy out uh, the land for the milk and honey, Rahab allowed them to come into her home because she believed that they were men of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now saints, we are going to move to another scripture. I need you to go to uh Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17. And now we are going to listen to our Lord Jesus as he talks about faith. Matthew chapter 17. Uh, I'm still trying to get there, saints. Okay. I thought I had my stuff together. And we will be beginning at verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, they had just left the Mount of Transfiguration. Uh, Peter and John and James and and another one had witnessed um, Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration communicating with Elijah and Moses. Elijah represented the prophets and Moses represented the law and Jesus represented grace, which covered all three. Okay. Okay. Verse 14, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him, talking about kneeling down to Jesus and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic. He suffered from seizures and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Verse 17 says, then Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless, or your version may say, O you of little faith and perverse generation. How long shall I be with you? Because Christ knew that he was going to go off the Calvary die and leave. The Holy Spirit was going to come back uh, to comfort us and be with us, but he wasn't going to be with them. He had already given them the authority to cast out demons. He had given them the authority to lay hands in, in on the sick, and so that they could be healed and to deliver people. And uh, verse eighteen says, "And Jesus rebuked the demon." Now, right here, hey, look, we're still talking about faith, but you need to understand something. When someone suffer, suffers from epileptic epilepsy, I'm sorry, it is associated. Jesus equates this with having a demon. I used to suffer from epilepsy as a child. Um, I I still remember my last seizure. I was eight years old, but God delivered me. I had a praying family, mother and father in the church. Uh, Dad was a deacon. Mom was a Sunday school teacher. And that was the last time I suffered from a a seizure. So um, I don't know if they laid hands on me. I can't remember that, but I remember that seizure. I remember all the way back till till I was four years old in it, it, not everything, but I remember, you know, important events like my sixth birthday and, and stuff like that. But um, Jesus associates epilepsy with demons because listen, and Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And listen to Jesus's response. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, see unbelief and faith doesn't, they can't coexist. Mm -mm. You either believe or you don't. And you can't have a wavering faith. Jesus said, because of your unbelief for assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, we're talking about having a faith that surpasses all understanding that will, that can move a mountain you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, however, verse 21 is controversial, which is why I'm going to read the accounts from Mark and Luke. However, this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting. What Jesus is saying here, it's not controversial to me, but I know it's controversial because people who don't understand the word often say, well, you know, look now, you know, Jesus saying, you know, they have to, uh, uh, have uh, a lot of prayer and faith. No, what Jesus is saying here is that you build your, yourself up on your most holy faith by speaking in other tongues. They didn't need to speak in other tongues then because Jesus was with them. Remember, the they were not filled with the Holy Spirit until the day of Pentecost. Jesus had long ascended on high. And 50 days later, the Holy Spirit was poured out on everyone who was in the upper room and they began to speak with other tongues. That is the evidence that people were filled. And that is the evidence today. I speak with other tongues. It, I wasn't afraid when it started, but I knew what it was because I knew the word. But what Jesus was saying is that, look, you, your, your faith was too weak. You guys are not praying. Remember, Jesus walked the earth praying to the Father. We have recordings of him praying. But what he is saying is, however, this kind does not go out except by praying and fasting. Now let's read, um, the account from Mark. Which one did I pull up first? Let's see. Ah, yes. From Mark, Mark chapter nine, go to Mark chapter nine, beginning at verse 14. I'm going to commence the reading. You guys can pause the tape when you find it, come back. We'll be on the same page. And when he came to the disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. This is still the King James Version. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And 19 says, he answered, Jesus answered him and said, "O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Verse 20, then they brought him to him and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. He was having a severe seizure. Verse 21, so he asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? Jesus asked the young child's father, how long had this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And verse 22, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, verse 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Verse 25, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you come out of him and enter him no more. Verse 26, then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. And he became as one dead so that many said he is dead, but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose in verse 28. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but praying and fasting. So right here, Mark and Matthew are on the same page. Now, let's see what Luke's account says. We just read Matthew and Mark. Luke, I have to go there, saints. Luke chapter nine, and it's going to be uh, begin at verse. Let me see, thirty seven. Yes. I'm going to read verse 37 to 42. It says, now it happened on the next day when they had come down from the mountain that a great multitude met him. Verse 38, suddenly a man from the multitude cried out saying, teacher, I implore you, look on my son for he is my only child. And behold, a spirit seizes him and he suddenly cries out. It convulses him so that that he foams at the mouth, similar to Mark's. And it, de- and it departs from him with great difficulty, bruising him. So I implored your disciples to cast it out, but they could not. In verse 41, then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. Verse 42 says, and as he was still coming, the demon threw him down and convulsed him. Mark and Luke are similar. It's just, uh, Matthew's is, is a little bit more unique. Then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child and gave him back to his father. Now, um, uh, Mark doesn't record, no, not Mark. Luke doesn't record Jesus saying this, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Uh, Mark doesn't record that, but, but Matthew and Luke does. Yes. But they were amazed. Now I, I was gonna stop at forty two, but I want you let me continue to read this because I want you to see this. This is all about the faith. That's why they couldn't do it, because of their unbelief. Period. Because of their unbelief. And the reason Jesus mentioned this kind does not come out except by prayer and fasting is because the the disciples had a waver in faith. They walked by what they saw, not what they believed. Now the latter part of 42 says, then Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the child and gave him back to his father. Verse 43, and they were all amazed at the majesty of God. But while everyone marveled at at all things, which Jesus did, he said to his disciples, let these words sink down into your ears. For the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. Why did Jesus mention that? Because they betrayed Jesus at that moment when they couldn't cast that demon out and Jesus had given them the ability to do it. He had given them the power to do it. And this is why Jesus mentioned that. And this is still about unbelief. And uh, 44, again, let these words sink down into your ears for the son of man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. But they did not understand this saying. And it was hidden from them so that they did not perceive it. And they were afraid to ask him about this saying, unbelievable, unbelievable. Now, remember that Mark's, uh, Luke's account doesn't uh, talk about this time. This kind doesn't come out except by prayer and fasting. So if you look at all three accounts and and those uh, critics who say, well, you know, the Bible, you know, it contradicts each other. No, it does not. You have three different writers of the gospel. We're talking about Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And take, for instance, it could be me and two other people. Go and watch an event, a movie, a sporting event, a, uh, a Broadway show. I guarantee you when we leave that show and we write about what we saw, we have three different accounts But what will be consistent is the incident or the show uh, itself. Yeah, the show was a love story. In the end, Romeo and Juliet were together. That will be consistent. What's consistent here is that Jesus healed the young boy. And what what is also consistent in all three Gospels is that the disciples didn't have faith. Jesus said, because of your unbelief. He said, because of your unbelief, They, 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 they looked at Uh, uh, what they saw and just didn't believe they can deliver that. But Jesus had already given them the power to do it. Now, if the disciples who were with Jesus lacked in faith, can you imagine people today? That's why people are not being healed. Hallelujah. Now, I'm going to tell you the power of God today and the person who's doing the praying. Let's go on over to uh, James. James chapter 1. James chapter one. James is who? The Lord's brother. Uh huh. James comes right after the book of Hebrews. James chapter one. And I will be reading verses one through i'm looking at my notes to saints and and notes just scriptures because what i'm sharing the commentary is just coming naturally as the holy spirit speaks to me james chapter one i'm going to be reading verses one through eight james a bond servant of god and of the lord jesus christ to the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad israel The 12 tribe of Israels who are scattered abroad throughout the world at this time. Greetings profiting from trials is what this is about. Now, my brother it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally or freely and without reproach. And it will be given to him, but let him ask in faith with no doubting. This is very important. You guys can underline, highlight or whatever. Verse six, James one, six, but let him ask in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Verse seven, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. This is why a lot of prayers are not being answered. Verse eight seals it and says, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Who? The one whose faith waves like the sea, who is tossed to and fro. The Bible says in James 1, 6, 7, and 8, highlight these three scriptures, but let him ask in faith. Verse 6, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, for let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. That's including healing. Verse 8 says, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Hallelujah. Now. Let, let's jump to verse 13 in, in, in this same chapter, verse 13, because I want to um, con- confirm something with people who are saying God is doing this to them. God is testing them. God is doing this. God put this on me. God is causing me to go through this. No, he is not. Now, either you believe this or or, or you don't. God is not the tester or the tempter. Now, when the Bible speaks of temptation, this means trial or test. It is not God sending the trial or test to you. I have scripture to back me up. What do you have backing you up? Just your own personal opinion. I'm sharing this so that you can see this is Bible truth so that you can get on the same page with God so that your life can start to improve. It improves with faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. We need to always remember Hebrews eleven six. 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He who comes to God must first believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Now, for those of you who keep saying God is tempting you or God is breaking you, God doesn't break nobody. I know these, sound, these songs sound great to some of y'all, but they are not biblical. OK, people are singing based on their own personal opinions of who they think God is, but that's not who God is. Verse 13, James 1:13. here it says, let no one say when he is tempted, that means tried or tested. I am tempted by God for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone with evil or tempt anyone, period, not even to do good. Verse 14, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Verse 15, I can throw that in there. Then when desires has conceived, it gives birth to sin and sin when it is full grown brings forth death. Now, saints, I have to share that with you guys because I want you guys to understand it is not God who is tempted testing you. Okay. Testing simply means temptation or trial. All right. Now let's go on over to James chapter five, James chapter five. We just, we just read about, about faith. Now, you know what you, you got to have faith. You cannot have a wavering faith. And didn't we just read about Jesus saying that in, in Matthew, look, you can move mountains. If you believe you say to this mountain, go here from here to there, that mountain will move that mountain can be your sickness. That mountain can, can be um, separation between you and your husband or you and your wife. And you can say, look, devil, you are getting out of this marriage the hate that you caused us to speak against one another, the names that you have, have provided us to share and call one another that is splitting this marriage up. We rebuke in the name of Jesus, the love that we shared when we said our dues is returning this day. Hallelujah. Satan, get your hand off of us. I know whatever we did, we opened up the door and allowed the devil to get a foothold in there. See when y'all don't pray, And pray that hedge of protection over you and your family every day. Because see, peace is in my house. I'm not going to allow no negativity or evil speaking anywhere in my house. This is my safe haven. Because when I step out of this door, evil is there. And I have to walk out there with the shield of faith. The shield of faith is my protection. Now, my weapon is the word of God. And I'm filled with that. But you can't fight if you don't have the word of God in you. So that's why I share with you. Uh, verse 13 in James 1, that God doesn't tempt you. So kids, let me tell you, that is a ploy of the devil to make you think God is doing these things to you because if you think God is the one doing the things to you, you ain't going to fight against God. You ain't even going to try to stop it. No, you need to start rebuking the devil immediately. Devil, I notice you, this is not God. God, come near to my heart. You said you will never leave me or forsake me. I know that's the devil and I know it's not you. That's where, That's a start for you. That's where you need to start at. Now, are you in James chapter five, beginning at verse 13? And and we're going to close this episode up uh, with these scriptures. I will be reading from verses 13 to 20. Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. This is start praising God. If you are cheerful, just start praising God. Verse 14 Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Now, this is very important, right here, verse 14, because it says, uh, Let him call for the elders of the church. Now this is talking about somebody who whose faith is just not strong enough to believe in their healing in because we already know throughout the whole new Testament, when people were healed, they didn't call up for the elders of the church. We had apostles laying hands on people, delivering them, healing them. Jesus laid hands. and, And if you believed he healed you. So this is talking about, look, if anyone among you sick, remember these letters are written for a reason. James wrote this church wrote this letter to the church in Jerusalem and telling them what they need to do when certain things happen, because they was all in disarray. They didn't know what to do. And when it says pray over him, anointing him with oil back then, one of the things that they did and believed in is that olive oil had healing power in it. And so James saying right here, I don't mind y'all anointing uh, the person with the oil, Um, the latter part of 14, let me read 14 again, because this is so important. And verse 15 seals it is anyone among you sick, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. James said, okay, you, you can anoint him with oil. However, verse 15 and the prayer of faith, not the oil, the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Now, one of the reasons James mentioned sins here is because sickness can come upon you because as a result of sin, not all the time. That's why the qualifier is if, look, if he committed sins, is this is the means by which this sickness came upon him or her. God will forgive him of those sins. You got to pray. You got to pray. However, but if not, and the sickness came upon you. Let me tell y'all something. We are in these physical bodies. Just because you are born again, and I'm talking to the born again believers in Christ. If you are born again, your spirit man is born again, not your physical body. That's why if you have bumps on your face or a scar on your body when you were born again, honey, that, those bumps and scars are still there. Your physical body, as long as we are on this earth, it is aging every day. That's why we have to eat healthy. We need to exercise You can get sick by what you eat. Uh, A lot of people really don't understand. They kind of know in the back of their head, but they they just brush it off. A lot of the food we eat every day is poison. And if you eat it for long periods of time, it does damage to to the inside of your body. That's how you think you get cancer. Breathing certain things, eating certain things, and and drinking certain things, you know, in, in multitudes. And I'm here to tell you, that we are aging in this physical body, one day going to die. You ain't going to live forever in this body. However, those in Christ will live forever in him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me read this confirmation of verse 13 and 14 in verse 15, one more time. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. This also tells us that there is different levels of faith. You can have a faith for God to, to replace your car faith for God to give you a new and better job. But the prayer of faith is a different entity. will save the sick. And your version may say, will heal the sick, same thing. And the Lord will raise him up. Not put him six feet under. Uh-uh. Lord, if it be your will. You don't hear nothing about if it be your will, Lord, heal me in verse 15, James 5, 15. And the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven Verse 16, confess your trespasses uh, to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Why would God say pray that you may be healed if, if healing is not an option? Healing is an option. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. A righteous man is those in Christ. A righteous man is those who believe a righteous man is those who walk by faith and not by what they see. I don't care how bad the illness looks on paper or, or how bad the doctors say the illness is. We serve a God who is greater than your doctor. And my doctors will tell you, I told them that there's nothing wrong with going to the doctor because if I hadn't gone, I wouldn't know that the illness was there for them to heal, for God to heal me. I trusted in the surgery, but my faith was in God that I would make it through the surgery. I had two major surgeries last year that uh, y'all may not know about. And the year before, I had a stroke. Oh, Satan was after me, but he can't get me. I'm still here today to share the word. Now, let me close this out with verse 17 and 18. Elijah was a man with a nature. This verse 17. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He was human just like us. He was not divine. And he prayed earnestly that it would would not rain and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. Now, this was in reference to Old Testament. We all know Elijah was a great prophet who appeared on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses and Jesus representing the prophets. But this was in reference to Ahab um, uh, involving himself in apostasy, turning his back on God, you know, worshiping idol gods and all that. And so when God spoke to Elijah, you know, he told him to, uh, uh, request that it not rain. I'm using the word request, but you know, I look, that's how I talk. Um, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed again and, and then it rained. So the reason God wanted it to stop raining is so that the land would dry up and that there will be no crops. Because when you turn your back on God, anything liable to happen in your household. Anything is liable to happen. And see Elijah, now there is not, there is not one recording in the Old Testament in reference to this where Elijah prayed. But we knew he did because it, it would never, <laughs> that request would never have been made. It, it's saying here in the book of James that Elijah prayed. And I trust the Lord's brother. Okay, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. The reason for James uh, mentioning Elijah, he's telling us the power that Elijah had, we have that same power in prayer if we attach faith to it, believing that we are going to receive it when it comes out of our mouth. It may not happen in that instant, but it's going to happen and we need to know that it is. That's how you pray for things to happen and manifest in your life. You have to believe it when you say it, don't doubt no matter how hard it is. No matter what it looks like, you believe in the end result that God is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. Verse 18, and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produced its fruit. And God took care of Elijah during those three and a half years of drought, of famine. He told Elijah to go here, go there where they had water this river before it dried up. Elijah was able to drink from that river and he used crows to bring Elijah food so that he can survive physically. Elijah trusted in the God that he served. God used Elijah to speak to the people. Elijah was a great prophet. As I mentioned a few minutes ago, that Elijah was one of the people who who appeared to Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration alongside of Moses. Hallelujah. And Elijah never saw death. He was another one who never saw death. God took him as he was walking with his protose Elisha, but some call Elisha, Elisha. And this is Elijah. I say Elisha because that's the way it is spelled. And God just took him in a whirlwind up to heaven. Elijah never saw death. But the reason he is being mentioned here, the apostle James is talking about his faith. He said, he's a man just like you. Your faith is just, is no different from his. You just have to believe it. Elijah believed God. Hallelujah. Saints, I know this is getting good. It is very informative. That's the reason I'm sharing it. We are going to end today. Next week, I will not conclude, but next week, uh, I will be sharing another episode of a faith that surpasses all understanding. We are going to get into some deep stuff, saints. So prepare yourself and, um, until next week, look, walk in love, walk in faith, believe God at his word. If you don't know his word, you don't have faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You have to trust God. And believe in him and if anyone is telling you something contrary to what God says I suggest that you believe God and not that individual okay don't have no one with a wavering faith pray over you for healing because they can pray you in that ground I pray for you and your family today that God sends his word and heals you, that God sends his word and delivers you. If you are going through a bad marriage, that God sends his word and brings peace. Lay down those controlling spirits in at house because when there is a conflict, and I teach conflict resolution at work, it is a conflict between two people. It is values that are clashing, not people. But if you are a Christian, it's the devil trying to break up that love. Or perhaps you married someone you should not have. In any event, nothing is impossible with God. He can repair your marriage if you put him first at the forefront. And saints, I love you. I know God loves you. I know that I can appear to be harsh sometimes. But look, I'm sticking with the word. I just want you to know the truth. That's all. I just want you to know the truth. And Jesus says, It is knowing the truth that will set man free. So until next time, saints, peace out. I hope you were blessed by this message. If you have any questions or comments about this particular episode or any previous episodes, please send your comments or questions to Talking Bible Truth. Dot cd at gmail.com. And if you would like to support this podcast financially, because it has been a blessing to you, go to one of my five podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Radio Public, and contribute an amount of your choice. Or you can send your seed to me via Cash App, dollar sign, Dr. Kamla D. That's dollar sign, capital D, lowercase r capital C, lowercase, A-M-A-L-E, capital D. Anything you choose to send will be greatly appreciated. Now, until next time, saints, remember that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We walk by faith, not by sight. I am your host, Dr. Camilla D, rightly dividing the word of truth in peace and love. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time.